we're back and we're back hey there Polly. you want to go down and watch us float I can't think of anything else <laughs> yeah I'm done it was like <clears throat> I'm sorry it was like a continuation of the ASMR episode then moving into a really creepy then somewhat Pennywise yeah I just kind of connected the dots connected tissue all day oh god <sighs> anyway how are you today other than your uh, lingering cough over there <laughs> lingering cough are you listening to this I could be dead by the time this, this uh, comes out but hopefully not <laughs> but we are the coughing media masterminds. Yes. And I, I will try coughing. my best. I will try my best to hit the mute button when I have to cough. And I'm just going to laugh every time because I'm just going to see you and I'm going to go. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm gagging. Yep, pretty much. Gagging on a dildo. Ball gag. But uh, as usual, I am your co host, Benny Rose, the prick with the most. And I have uh, my. Number one, my numero uno, the legend himself. Pop, Paul, welcome. Welcome. Long time coming. I mean, this is definitely a show that we probably should have did first. And we waited. But it's also perfect timing. Because we are, by the time this airs, October. And we are going to be doing Halloween-themed content this month. Ah, ah, ah. But uh, yeah, so today is going to be one of our favorite categories. We're going to do 80s horror movies. Now, there is a little caveat to that. Paul, you want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yes. Before I say that, I, I just want to, I was thinking what we say in the household here, this, my household, the, the pop, the legend, the state, uh, if you will is this is horror season. So I'm thinking we carry that over. Now we can add that into the media masterminds. And this is our horror season, October. Sometimes horror season falls at different times of year for me and multiple times a year sometimes for me, but this is horror season. But like Benny said, there's some caveats. We always, not always, but most of the time have to do with some of these best of shows Today we're doing 80s horror. Did you say that already? I did, did. my friend. Okay, I wasn't listening then. Uh, but we've already kind of done a horror uh, icons episode. What was one of our first episodes back? And we covered our favorite in the Child's Play franchise, the Friday the 13th franchise, and the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. So me being the big Nightmare on Elm Street fan, uh, Benny being more of the Friday the 13th fan, and both of us liking Child's Play, they probably would have fallen on our top five, I would say, for sure, all three of those films. So we decided to omit them because it's kind of too easy to predict our top overall numbers that way. So... Uh, none of those franchise films are on my list and, and or Benny's list. I'm correct in saying that? That is correct. Right. So these are our top 80s horror films without those. Without Freddy, Jason, Chucky. Just put that out there. So you're like, how could you pick this one and not pick Yabba Yabba Yabba? But Yabba 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 was an amazing film, but it's not in the 80s. Okay. But I want to also uh, mention that I had much different, <coughs> I'm sorry, much different list. But uh, then I realized that many of these movies I already did in our 80s sci-fi. And I uh, begrudgingly had to pull them off because they are kind of horror, but are more uh, sci-fi and I've already picked them. So that's Aliens. They live and the thing. The thing I think is probably the closest to a horror of those three, but it was already on my list, so I had to exclude it. Unfortunately, I didn't follow that rule, so something may appear. 
So you <laughs> might get a little rehash from me. Uh, definitely going to be the a, thing. <laughs> oh, well, clearly. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so uh, why don't you get us started? Do you have any, uh, as we mentioned, usually before we get into our top 10, we talk about uh, any honorable mentions. Do you have any? Did any make the list? Well, did not make the list because it's an honorable mention. Well, I meant the honorable mention list. The honorable mention I had page two. Was, <laughs> was on the list and it got removed right before we hit the record button. And that is the reanimator. Big cult uh, favorite. Uh, I've only seen it a couple times and I just didn't feel strongly enough to put it on the list. And I, I hesitated too much. So I decided against it, and it is not on the list. Good film, and I, like I said, it has a bigger following than I think it, it is owed, which I feel might get some backlash from people if they're big horror fans. But uh, okay. it did make my it did it still made my honorable mention. So that's uh, that's something. Yeah, that didn't make mine. So that's that's something too. <laughs> All right, cool. So, you, if you want to just jump right into ten, then and then uh, I'll do my. You said you had an honorable mention, though. I, I did. I just want to give you the spotlight. I want you to shine, baby. <laughs> All right. So, what are we go. doing? Uh, it's called disorderly conduct. Uh, so my honorable mention is a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed as a kid. Haven't probably seen it in probably 20 years it's a franchise that has be had also a cult following has had tons of sequels probably have seen two maybe three of them um b movie styles you know uh you know product uh production if you will it's one of those movies that like they look like they're intentionally bad but uh you know it had characters that i remember Growing up, they were pretty creepy for me, especially being a child's play fan and uh, like the, the 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 idea of evil puppet toys. masters. I I guess I'll just hey hang up the towel for the night. It's Thanks. an honorable mention. I mean, you're you're taking <laughs> right. quite quite a while to reveal it. Uh, why not? Because you know that's what I do. It I wasn't good burn. enough to make the list. Slow burn. All right, puppet master. Moving on. <laughs> okay, go, ahead, go do your number 10. I won't bother you. No, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. Let's get the ball rolling. Age before I know. beauty. Good. Age good. before beauty. Oh, wait, that's me, damn it. Yep. <laughs> All right, so my number 10 is going to be a uh, vampire horror movie from the 80s that, um, like many horror movies that we like, eventually had a remake of its own and uh, the original is definitely uh, my favorite of, of the two. Um, this is uh, Fright Night. Fright Night is not like necessarily scary horror, but uh, you know, it is to me any kind of vampire movie that is not once bitten, I would say, you know, I'd consider a horror movie. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun with that even, movie. Even Dracula Dead and Loving It? Well, that's a good one. Schedule. <laughs> Is that a considered a horror movie? That's a horror movie. <laughs> I'm dead and loving it. I'm dead inside. <laughs> but yeah, not not too too much to say. I mean, I I've gone back to that movie. Great great soundtrack. You know, it's typical '80s hodgepodge of you know popular music at the time. Mixed a little bit of a score in there, but uh, yeah, it's a movie I remember, and it was one of those that you know didn't need a remake it had a sequel that i never saw so i just always stuck with the original but yeah fright night number 10 never seen fright night okay it was on uh in the search of darkness right they did they had it on one of them either part one or part two and uh yeah it it looked interesting to me and i just never checked it out The, the remake looked horrible though with yeah, uh, Colin Farrell, right? Yeah, he's I, got a he's got a history of some theater. bad remakes. Uh, Total Recall, Total, oh, 
that's a that is that's that's a trash trash bin fire right there. Total recall. That's Total recall. uh I remember watching that. I, I I think on a plane or something. And that 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 feels like a different movie though. It doesn't feel like even the Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and I, that makes me hate it even more. I don't need to go between <laughs> I don't need to go to the Earth's core and go upside down <laughs> to get to Mars. Like it makes no sense to me. But uh yeah, I mean this is not the Colin Fowler hour, so we will not give him any more uh time of day. Moving on. Oh, I have more Colin Farrell where that came from. Oh Jesus Christ, a lot of these things so the Mormons. <laughs> He's gonna all be right. the penguin, all right? Respect him. Yeah, barely. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So my um, number 10 is a Stephen King book turned into a movie. Like everything else. <laughs> Cujo. Uh, it's <laughs> no, I've never seen Cujo. <laughs> it was also subject to a reboot more recently. It is no, 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 no. Pet Cemetery. Starring uh, Herman Munster himself. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember being creeped out as a kid. And I remember it, it's probably one of the better. Uh, I mean, they're actually not too terrible. Many of the 80s uh, Stephen King adaptations. Uh, there might be another one on my list. And uh, in the 90s, it's, I guess it started to go downhill. I still have a sweet spot for thinner, though. That was 90s or that was 80s? If it was 80s, it, it should be... The early 90s. It should be on this part of the list, but <laughs> if not, yeah, it stays sure as... Uh, early 90s. Yeah, right? With uh, Pet Cemetery. That's number yes. 10. Cool. I mean, uh, I... I don't recall seeing the first one, if not more than once. I must have been really young. I remember seeing two much more with, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, the the usual like, you know, I always see, seem to remember part two of the movies more than the originals. Well, part two is also your boy is in part two is uh, John Connor right. is in part two. Right. No, I know, but I like that's the first one I ever saw. You know, so right. Cool. All right. So my number nine is going to be probably, I have a feeling this movie came up either on a soundtrack. I've brought it up. We've definitely discussed it. I just don't remember to what context. Uh, But we have another vampire film on the list. So uh, they were were hot and bothered all uh, 80s years. And uh, this one is The Lost Boys. Another movie with plenty of sequels. None as good as the original. Uh, even though some of them had some returning uh, actors. But uh, yeah, the first great, great soundtrack, great score, great movie overall. Just uh, I remember seeing it when I was younger and what a great twist at the end of the movie. And I know this is one that you've never seen, I believe you said, right? So, right. you know, for me, I'm not going to go into detail, but it was. It's one of really fine. It doesn't had, really matter. I know it's old enough, right? No, it was just like it was a good twist. Like you don't really know who, who the ma- the bad guy, you know, like who all the ba- all the main the vampire, are. right? Yeah. So it was a nice. It was one of those movies that I got to see that first on, you know, in a in a world where there was no internet, you know, and spoilers only came from word of mouth. So really cool experience, and uh, I liked the Frog Brothers, and you know, it was cool to see that they continued the legacy in the other movies. You know, as what happens with a lot of those movies in the 80s, the budgets get less and less. The movies tend to not be as good as they go forward. Um, I yeah. think there was I think there was heart there and there was good intent. Um, and it was nice to see, you know, the Corys do the movies together up until, you know, Corey Haim passed. And they actually acknowledge that in the, in the movie. So I can appreciate that. But again, the first one is, uh, you know, it, it changed the way a lot of people look at vampire movies at that time. So something that we always talk about too, when a movie is memorable for us, it usually changed the game to some degree. So there's my number nine. 
Yep. Another one that I uh, still need to check out. Julie likes that film. So I'm going to make an effort this horror season, some point this October, I'm going I'm to check it out. Cool. So my number nine is a franchise that I really am uh, not super crazy about. It is in that same vein of slashers that we mentioned earlier. It actually has a sequel coming up soon. And that is Halloween 2. Because the original Halloween did not come out in the 80s. Halloween 2 picks up directly after the first Halloween. Uh, It takes place mostly like in the hospital where Jamie Lee Curtis's character is brought to the hospital after the events of the first movie. And uh, Michael finds his way after her. And uh, this list... I'll tell you, this list is tough just because we excluded all those those other movies. Like, I would have probably multiple Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. But having watched this Halloween, I, I ran through probably the first uh, four or five Halloween films uh, two years ago. It seems like every Halloween now I've been doing, every October horror season I've been doing, picking up franchises that I really didn't go all that much into. And Halloween was that. In 2019, 2020 was Hellraiser, as I've mentioned previously on the show. So I don't know what this year is going to be. We'll see. Maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even though I'm more versed in that already. Right. Uh, but Halloween 2 is is good. A lot of people really like Halloween 3, which doesn't have Mike Myers in it at all. It's more like an anthology. Three, it has the three kids, right? Uh, it's a season of the witch, I think it's called. Yeah, it's got like the yeah. three kids in Halloween costumes. Right. But uh, I like Halloween too. I think it's my it's my favorite of those original sequels. The uh, the, the the newest Halloween uh, by David Gordon, I believe, is the is the director. Uh, is really really good. So I'm anticipating Halloween Kills, which we're going to do something for. We haven't figured out maybe a watch along or something. But uh, Halloween two makes the list, just just barely squeaking in there. And like I said, uh, if we included those other slashers, if, if Many of these titles probably wouldn't be on the list, but I've I've shuffled and moved things around on here to for placement and Halloween two falls to nine. Cool. Alrighty. So my number eight is a movie that we started speaking about a bit more over the last year. And uh, somehow, you know, my love and appreciation for the character more so grew into a much more of appreciation of kind of the overall lore uh, for you and uh, expanded your interest in the franchise uh, where mine kind of stayed very stagnant with one to two movies. Um, And that is Hellraiser. Hellraiser is, uh, you know, a movie that we, in over the years we've talked, we always talk about, you know, those kinds of movies. And the first one was always, something that may be like a point of topic, but, you know, you got a little more interest in, you know, when I was like digging up my DVDs and stuff, and then you ended up actually going and watching and kind of teaching me more about like the other movies and stuff like that. And, you know, for me, I love a horror movie that can give me a memorable villain, you know, and yeah, he's kind of like a weird anti-hero, like it's, not really defined, but to me, he's always, you know, growing up, he's a villain. You know, Pinhead is awesome, just his look. Um, you know, the fact that uh, the the world that they're in is just, it's so gothic and and the, the gore was always over the top, you know, with like the skin getting peeled off and, you know, just like I remember like those practical effects and that's something that'll always stay with me and you know, there's been a lot of mimic characters that have been created over the years. I don't see anything ever, you know, replacing somebody like Pinhead. So very memorable to me. And I do enjoy the first movie still to this day. And, you know, I haven't really grabbed that attention to want to go and watch the other ones because as you've told me, they're not like exactly like that. You know, they kind of have the uh, an identity of their own, if you will. And, you know, they progressively can get worse as the, you know, we talked about the 80s and the budgets and, 
looking like straight to DVD VHS movies. So, but uh, yeah, definitely deserves to be on my list. I will have more to speak on that later. Mm, so, uh, <laughs> but I will say, I think the sequels for Hellraiser uh, are very good. I, I don't, I, it's tough because I'm watching them all in hindsight, like after years after they've come out and I'll watch them almost like a binge. So I think, I don't know, I just have a different look on them when I watch them. You know, taking them for what they are and and not falling into the hype when they come out is, you know, different things and not having any love for the character originally, maybe. But I think that some of those sequels are are good and and I would put them pretty close to uh, up there with the original, in my opinion. Fair enough. My number eight is one that I would be surprised if it is not on your list. It is uh, something that we share. It is a zombie movie. And it is very different from its predecessor or predecessors, depending on if you consider them sequels of all of them. But it is Day of the Dead, George Romero's very, very different feel to from uh, Dawn of the Dead before it. And uh, you see the military and them trying to... Uh, figure out the zombie and figure out their brain capacity and train them and all different sorts of things with the, with the but with the zombies and it's still not without its gore of course it still still has all of that in it and uh <clears throat> it has bub it might be yes it might be my favorite of romero's uh films cuz as as we've talked before i prefer the remake of Dawn of the Dead by our good friend Zack Snyder. So Day of the Dead is my probably my favorite Romero. Because just because it's different, it doesn't feel like every other zombie movie. And I'm watching these again, just like Halloween. Well, not quite like Halloween, because I've seen Day of the Dead years ago now. But I didn't watch it in the 80s. I probably didn't even watch it in the 90s. So it wasn't until... VHS or DVD, you know, renting it at Blockbuster or something along those lines that I ever even checked it out. It wasn't something that I remember popping up on cable, you know, as a kid. So that's my pick, number seven, eight, eight, seven, eight, number eight, Day of the Dead. (laughs) And that's going to be my number six. So there you go. Make things easier. That works out. You you called it no, but so. that should be that, but that should be your number seven. You mean seven? You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump numbers around. That will be number sixteen on the list on the countdown mm-hmm. list. Hut hut forty two hut hut. So yeah, that is uh, a great movie, and it it was definitely, you know, coming out of Dawn of the Dead. You know, people had a lot of hype for that movie, and obviously the hype built up more when. Uh, the video game Dead Rising came out, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago. So there was, uh, you know, the demand for that kind of movie. And, you know, realistically, I I like that they, that's that's where Romero started to try to kind of get people to get the zombies to be intelligent again and see if they can kind of bring back their brain functions. And, you know, we talked about having Bub in the movie and, you know, having that zombie be the first one of somewhat, you know, retaining his original consciousness and listening to the music and kind of reacting to things in the room and, you know, in a sense, becoming self-aware again and not just, uh, you know, a, de- a corpse that's just droning around for the sake of, you know, sustenance, which, you know, we don't, we never really understand that. But, you know, the one thing with Romero movies is always like, it's always a deeper meaning, you know, and the people that are alive are usually the really bad guys more than the zombies. And I love that. Right. And, exactly. Know, he, yeah. And he well, almost it. all of them with the exception of the one or two. Right. Of main course. Characters. Right. Yeah. And it's usually the people that, you know, are out for themselves and. Right. That's a trope of all zombie movies. I feel at this point, which has been heavily, you know, taken from his context, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So, yeah. Even Walking Dead has those kind of 
influences. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you think post-apocalyptic too, in general, it's survival of the fittest and, you know, fear through power kind of thing. But, uh, you know, look, the zombies will always reign supreme in those times of movies, despite whatever the humans got going on. They're clearly outrun, outgunned in a lot of ways. So it's it's cool where, you know, those movies don't really have a happy ending per se either. So that's another really awesome factor. You know, it's it's a grim it's a grim end. You know, and it's it's something that you know you 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 would question, like, oh my god, if this happened, is is this how it would end? Yeah, it could. So, good choice. So it's your choice also. Yes, sir. So you're giving yourself uh, a pat on the back, or no? I give you the pat on the back. I pet my pet my balls <laughs> later. <laughs> what do you think cloth. of uh, just quick sidebar? What do you think of like Land of the Dead? I've only seen it maybe twice. I definitely oh. remember liking it. Um, I definitely didn't like Diary of the Dead. Did not. Neither did, neither did I. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely feel like I liked because again, that's when they expand on the consciousness and they're kind of yeah. almost getting back to fully controlling their actions to a degree. You know, they're not communicating yeah. with people, but they're kind of communicating with each other. You know, like you have that main and using that was like the, yeah, it was the focus of you know the cover right. art and yeah, it's a cool movie though. Okay, so. My number seven is uh, a very, very popular movie of the 80s. It was uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, actually, and is one of those films that has its own lore of being potentially, like, cursed in itself with some of the things that have happened to cast members, some of the stories from when they were shooting the film, and things that happened during this, there, during it and whether uh, real skeletons were used in certain scenes. And it is Poltergeist. Still creepy to this day. It's a great film. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that Spielberg like directed it, but he couldn't put his name on it because it was too scary and he was too big of a name at the time. And, then they use Toby Hooper, right, for it. And uh, <clears throat> it's a cool film. It's still, like, to me, like I said, it's very eerie. And then uh, there's a great watch on Shudder, a, a, a series called Cursed Films, and they, they cover this, uh, as well as uh, another movie on my list, Foreshadowing. Uh, talking about, like, some of, some of the things, like I mentioned, like real skeletons possibly being used, uh, the house that people still go to visit where they shot the film, the poor little girl in the movie who was in multiple sequels and eventually, you know, was misdiagnosed with a disease and she eventually passed away at a very young age, unfortunately. But it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to, I mean, it's, it's so popular, but uh, I would say if you haven't watched it, definitely check it out and then watch that cursed films, maybe dive down the rabbit hole a little bit. That's what this, this horror month is really about it's not like just watching and enjoying is like some of these movies have additional lore and and going down that rabbit hole and that's what really makes them special i think well said i think that's so that, uh, that's number seven that's very very good point and you know i would love to have it on my list it's not a movie i've seen a lot i know a lot about it but um you know i be doing it to service by putting it on there just because you know I liked it from seeing it once or whatever and you know I've never seen the sequels I remember the first one being really creepy I remember the the pool scene like you said with the skeletons and stuff like that and you know just uh how eerie you know the the scenario of you know the daughter just like staring at the tv just staring at the tv and they're here you know just like it's all memorable but um you know for me i was watching different movies at the time you know like most of the stuff when we discuss i usually always have these movies that are probably not as popular you know so that'll go along with my movie for the next pick which is uh i think i'm up to six i've lost count again 
Am I at yeah, six? you should yeah. be at number six. Okay, cool. So my number six is a movie that happens to be starring a young Stephen Dorff, very young child, probably eight to 10 years old, I want to say. Uh, and this movie is about basically uh, him and his friend go explore a hole in his backyard after a tree was removed and discover that they have found the gate to hell in their backyard. And this movie is called The Gate. <laughs> Love this movie. Really, really enjoy the sequel, which is not uh, in the 80s, but uh, first one was great for such a unique plot versus, you know, everybody was doing a lot of the same, you know, which is, which is okay to some degrees, you know, we get all our zombie movies, we get our vampire movies, we get our monster movies. This is not like, it's kind of like a little bit of everything because there's not really like a, a big bad, one big bad, if you will. Um, essentially, as this hole begins to open, these little creepy demons come out, which I love the um, claymation stop animation that they do, you know, and they're like, you know, finding them when they're hiding under the bed and all this other stuff. And the house starts getting destroyed as the movie goes on. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it's a unique movie that at the time, was definitely scary you know having these little tiny little demons you know like poking at you with whatever they find and stuff like that so uh, very special memory in my heart I remember seeing part two in the theater and that made me like want to watch the original again so there it is the gate never seen it I don't know if I've ever heard of it actually Gate. You've probably seen the cover when we worked at the Blue, because we used to sell it like multiple. Is it in in the Search of Darkness? I don't remember. That's uh, not. There we go. Yeah, I don't recall. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but Stephen Durf's. It's. I think it's his first role. He's uh All one right. of the young boys. Little boy. You know the newspaper. I don't have the list, so I can't ruin it. Ruined. All right. My number six, just outside of the top five, is another Stephen King adaptation. This time, directed by the great Stanley Kubrick. And uh, there's conflicting uh, positions on this. A lot of people love this movie. Stephen King not being one of them. This was uh, like a real breakthrough performance for Jack Nicholson. It is The Shining. Borderline, probably not horror, but I still consider it horror. It's been spoofed a million different times. It's it's a really great <coughs> it's a really great movie. And uh, all work and no play makes Homer go something something. As spoofed in the Treehouse of Horror, Simpsons. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Many of how many of these movies on this list are actually spoofed by the Simpsons in Treehouse of Horror, but not 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 all of them. But uh, Shining. I'm assuming it's not on your list. No red rum on your no, uh, no, mirror. Sir. No red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Here's John. It's not. It is not. So my next movie is a little rehash, as we said. I kind of didn't follow the same rule because that rule was not presented to me. So that's okay. Um, but my number five is going to be The Thing. A movie that, again, we've discussed. I won't go into too much detail with it because uh, we have both shown our love and appreciation for the movie as a whole. Um, tying into a mix of sci-fi and horror. So it definitely uh, very memorable. Love the uh, McReady with the flamethrower and just the, the crazy practical effects. You know, it's, it's, some of, it's some of the best gore out there. 
without necessarily being gore. You know, it's the transformations and, you know, the, the body snatching, if you will, just so awesome. The dog used to terrify me seeing the dog change and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, thinking about like being in that cold climate in the middle of nowhere where no one can hear you scream. You know, that's something that always unsettled me as a kid. And, you know, even up into like PlayStation 2 era, you know, jumping into games, they came out with a thin game and it was cool to kind of go back down memory lane and, you know, play that in the, in, the, in a different way and explore, explore that, uh, that story. And then we talked about obviously the sequels, prequel slash remake, you know, that happened mostly like maybe almost 20 years ago also, you know, another great movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a legend that will stand the test of time for many, many years to come. And uh, yeah, that's it. Number five, the thing. Number five. Yeah, the practical effects are, are fantastic and still hold up in that. And uh, that was one that we mentioned on the previous show that I just had watched recently also and fell in love with it. So it would have made my list but I'm not a cheating cocksucker. Uh, so my number... F- <laughs> okay. 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 I see where we're going with this. Just fucking talk, you piece of shit. Don't I'm sorry. Up, don't cough up the water. No, I'm dying. Get your shit my uh, number five is one that you've mentioned before, and it is Clive Barker's original... Written by Clive Barker, directed by Clive Barker, Hellraiser, all the way up from number five from first watching it just about a year ago this month. And Benny went through what he went through already. There's no reason to re-explain uh, this movie and <clears throat> many of the movies in the franchise are not what I thought they would be. I really didn't. I, I expected him to be more like. A Jason or uh, a Freddy or you know or Mike Myers or something, and that is not the case at all. And many of these movies, he's not actually the the antagonist, really. I mean, he is to an extent. I think Hell on Earth. He he's they try to make him more of like a slasher, uh, following those footsteps. But then they kind of back off on it. And uh, this film, he's really not super involved in much of it and uh like benny said before the special effects are phenomenal and uh it's it's really great and like i said the sequels uh, i i will, will be adding them into my rotation for this year uh the cenobites right are are awesome different movies have di- you know different varieties of them and using that clive barker different uh, uh, inspired kind of looks. Uh, also, me and Julie, my wife, are going to be reading his original story, and we're starting that tomorrow. Well, as you listen to this, a uh, couple days before, actually. So that's going to be our first reading. We're going to start trying to read uh, books together at the same time. So with that, interesting. <coughs> That's called The Hellbound Heart. Pretty short, and I'm not a big reader. My wife is a much bigger reader than I am, so we have to start off slow and steady here. And, it's something, and I figured since it's we're starting to do it, <laughs> not that kind of slow and steady, but uh, we might as well start with a horror book since it's October. And then you jump into Rawhead Rex when you're done. There you go. Then you become a real Clyde Barker fan. <laughs> so that's it. Number five is Hellraiser. Coolio. Number four, we are jumping back into the world of zombies. But they're different. They're unusual. And they only have one thing on their mind. Brains. This is Return of the Living Dead. First in a unique take of zombie movies. Uh, I, dare I say, parody. 
you know, but kind of built its own genre and became its own kind of thing. And I feel like the majority of people that resonate with zombies think zombies and brains, you know, that's, this is where it started. Um, fantastic, funny, uh, unique movie that is just, uh, there's, there's so much to love memorable lines and all the, uh, the really cliche eighties punk kids with the punk hair and the, the chain hanging from the nose and the naked girl dancing on the, on the tombstone. And, you know, it goes on and on, but, uh, you know, the idea of this, uh, this chemical that, you know, as far as we know, comes from the military, these guys have it in a basement and it gets open. People get sick. It gets everywhere. The dead come back to life and they all want brains. And this is our introduction to one of my favorite, uh, you know, like secondary characters in a, in a horror film, Tar Man, who is pretty much the, the dead body that's in the casing where the uh, gas essentially leaks from. He literally looks like he's just drenched in tar, but he's a corpse. And he's just, uh, when he takes a bite of somebody's head, it literally, they make the apple sound. Like you can't, you can't get any more cheesier than that, but it's just so good. And uh, I'm a big, big fan of the second movie. And then they kind of, just like everything else, they dwindle down from there. But uh, yeah, number one is another game changer in, you know, creating a subgenre of zombie um content i love it yep uh not on my list i have seen it but like you also i prefer the second movie so i kind of relegated to not picking it at all but it is a good pick yeah. and the second one gets a little funnier i feel like yeah too. without a doubt without a doubt all right so my number four is it's a tough one for me because it's probably not it's definitely not better than many of the other movies on my list, but it's up here because of the series that it is uh, based off of. It is directed by four different directors, different segments. It is the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I don't know what Benny is doing. I thought I knew what it was and I was wrong. There oh, okay. What did you but think I, it was? But, no, it's fine. But now now I know better as I'm continue. But I'd like to know what you thought it was. Terminator? It was creep, show. creep show. Oh, creep show. Yeah, I I've still never watched Creep Show. I know. That's why so. I've remembered that. Yeah. I remembered <laughs> you were I remember now that you're a bigger Twilight Stone fan because that's what you watched. Yes. All good. So this movie is not uh anywhere near as good as the original show is, and it remakes a bunch of the segments from the original show but i love the original show so much that i had to include it on the list and it also fits that shutter series uh cursed films because of the production of this movie and unfortunately uh actor vic morrow and some children were killed while the movie was being made by a helicopter and uh, decapitated and it's it's a wild story it was not a safe environment and many film rules uh changed following the making of this movie so it's another one of those things that if you're a fan of the original show maybe you've never seen the movie watch the movie then you go down the rabbit hole and see some of the the backstory with it and how some of these people don't even want to be associated with the movie after that happened and uh john landis was the one that directed that segment and a lot of people have blackballed him because of how unsafe his set was and Obviously, the people that passed away. Uh, and then, you know, the Cursed Film episode gives you a really good in-depth uh, knowledge on that. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's a fun watch. There's some seg- the Steven Spielberg segment really sucks in it. It's about, like, kicking the can with old people, and they turn young when they play kick the can. It- <clears throat> I'm sorry, it sucks. Uh, John Lithgow segment, he does the... Uh, the, the gremlin on the side of the plane, which was William Shatner's uh, episode of the Twilight Zone. And that's probably the best segment of the movie. The Vic Morrow one isn't terrible, but you can tell that it was had to be chopped up 
that's probably the wrong word to use. Yikes. <laughs> I can't say too soon because it happened a long time ago, but yikes. Yeah, I, that was unintentional, but I realized that's how I was saying it. Uh, it had to be reformatted based on not being able to shoot any more scenes with him, I'm sure. Right. Crazy. So the Twilight, yeah, the Twilight Zone, I, number and four. I, and I saw that cursed film thing, and I remember seeing that, and that chilling. Like, yes, know, extremely. Yeah, so. All right. On to darker things that don't necessarily have a death toll, thankfully. Um, this is another kind of anthology, and this is something I thought you were thinking of, which I was clearly wrong, and I should have known better because this is more of my thing, and we have our things, and my thing is Creepshow, another George Romero. I'm getting a lot of sunlight today. I'm grateful for that, that we both uh, have picked several of his movies. He's definitely, you know, a legend. And this was one of my favorite. Uh, well, he only movies. does uh, one segment, right? He doesn't well, he, do all the segments. He, right. I use him because it was kind of like his project, essentially. But yeah, you're right. Because it's an anthology. There's multiple directors involved uh, with, with, uh, with it. So, you know, there's been several other creep shows, uh, movies. There is a TV show currently on Shutter that I uh, am also a fan of that we've potentially discussed um, or may discuss in the future. But um, this episode, it should really be sponsored by Shutter. And we've had this before, this conversation mentioning the service on here. Oh, we we mention it anytime we mention horror. I feel because they show just about everything. You know, which is great, Shutter. Thank you. We appreciate it. And Shitter. Uh, Shitter. <laughs> take it to the next level. We, we so. can't give them free publicity. Shitter. Use Shitter. promo Shitter. code uh, chopped Dude. off heads. Dude. If you <laughs> save yourself five dollars on your first annual subscription. Do not go to shitter.com. <laughs> you might see something totally different. Yeah. He's not meatspin.com. We'll save that for another time. But uh, yeah, Creep Show is a great anthology movie. The second one I hold near and dear to my heart for several aspects of it, not as a whole. Um, I, I do love the idea of anthology movies and shows. Like I told Paul in the past, I didn't really grow up around Twilight Zone. I think my dad watched it a little bit. I was more with the creep show for movie side. And then for TV, I was more tales of the dark side, which you've also mentioned you haven't seen. So, you know, we have those differences, which is cool because we can compare and contrast, but uh, yeah. yeah, I love, I was I twilight, love... twilight zone and tales from the crypt. Right. I, I got into tales from the crypt later on, but yeah, for me, it was definitely tales from the dark side, but yeah, creep show is, Super memorable. I can watch it anytime. Uh, definitely stands true, you know, test of time, even with the, the practical effects and such. So that's my number three. Good pick, even though I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm <laughs> assuming it's a good pick. We, uh, we got a big trend here. You haven't watched almost everything <laughs> on my list. Pretty crazy. <clears throat> We're almost there. We're almost to the end. Top three. So the, the nitty gritty here, number three, uh, <clears throat> this one may, I don't know how you'll feel about it being a horror movie, but. Uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, I hated that they put that in the search of darkness. That did not belong under horror. This is a Joe Dante directed film, which also spawned a franchise. Maybe making a, a return shortly. Their character has been featured in a commercial for a uh, drink recently. Let me see if I, I'll give you a little hint. Mm. You don't know. I do know. Gizmo Kaka. Yes, it is Gremlins. Do you consider this a horror movie? Um, it's original form, yeah. It definitely got lighthearted over the years as they changed production and you know, 
couldn't keep it the way they intentionally wanted it and added gizmo but yeah you know i I could see the first one more than the second one second one definitely more tongue-in-cheek as a whole i see i see the horror aspects of the first one but yeah it's 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 very split opinion i can see that but but gizmo is in the first in the first movie no i'm saying when they were originally making the movie gizmo was not like they were they were all the it was like gremlins in general like they weren't going to make him like the hero you know in a sense of the movie and a lot of that changed from that because they talked about oh this movie's it's getting a little too dark because there's a lot of scenes that were filmed that we've never seen like a lot of the people kind of get killed off camera and stuff like that yes and and longer scenes and stuff like that but what's great about this film is that not only is it a horror comedy, but it's also a Christmas film. Which is perfect for you. Exactly. Your two favorite holidays. So you watch it during Christmas, or you watch it during Halloween. Or you you watch it both times. Exactly. It's Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, you watch it either way. Cool. Great movie, Mogwai. And mine's going to throw you for a curve, because... It's a movie you don't like. You saw it fairly recently, but it's, you know, out of the movies that we're discussing, it's obviously like we mentioned, there's certain movies that we just can't put on the list. You know, we narrow down to some unique titles that, again, I love, but obviously we probably would have picked our, our, our trio, you know, over some of these. But this is a slasher movie. It's heavily inspired. Uh, by Friday the 13th also takes place at a camp but the killer is not a monster in the literal sense but it does have a monster package (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert this movie just ruined it for everybody yeah this movie is sleepaway camp the one the original such such a twisted movie um the 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 sequels i've learned to appreciate more despite the actress not reprising her role in uh two and three i like that the character you know it's still the same character and uh pretty much you know kids go to camp and a girl you know is there with her cousin and she gets bullied and you know all of a sudden people start dying and weird things start happening and then we have a big twist at the end of the movie which blew blew people away because it was just like it was shocking and for what it was and you know the the movie's had three sequels the fourth one i want to like as much as the first because it's the one that brought back the actors and actresses from the first movie but it was built with a different mindset i feel because it was it's very reminiscent of trauma style cinematography and as much as i am a trauma fan um it didn't blend the same way like i want some of that serious like it was overly goofy overly cheesy um whereas i can go back to two and three and they still have the they feel very like Friday the 13th. You know, they have like those elements to them. Like their cheese is there, but four is like Toxic Avenger four bad for anybody that's seen that movie. I know you haven't. I love Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger four is like, I can't watch. It's bad. And that's how I feel with that fourth movie. But the first movie, just awesome because it was revenge in such a weird way because there's so much more to the character that you know you have to pay attention to in the beginning. It makes you want to potentially see the movie a second time because you want to understand like how, why, who, what, when, when, why, that, it, little thing. It's got a little little thing down there. But there, number two, sleep away camp. Was it recently remade? Was there a no. remake of this or no? no? No. 
No, the fourth one was Return to Sleepaway Camp, which was like a oh, okay. right? Yeah, that was probably like 10, 12 years ago. Straight to state, straight to DVD slash Blu-ray, whatever. No DVD. Yep, no Blu-ray. All right. Go. My number two is one that I, I guess is not on your list. I, unless it's your number one, I would highly doubt it. It is in that vein of goofy and cheesy and horror comedy. It is a B, a very, very B movie. It has a cult following, I feel like. And it's probably gotten more popular as time has gone on. Definitely one of my favorite movies of the 80s in general, just because it has that 80s feel to it. Uh... And I don't think it would have gotten made at any other time. It is Killer Clowns, spelled with K's, from Outer Space. Benny does not approve. Thumbs down. I'm going to throw him in the cotton candy fucking cocoon now and suck his blood right out. I was terrified of clowns growing up. Couldn't watch it. Oh, I I always got a kick out of it. I thought the costume design was always so cool. The different looking clowns. The way they kill people, the shadow puppets, the like I said, the the cotton candy cocoons. Their spaceship is a is a big big top tent like circus. It's it's one of my favorite '80s movies, just because of how goofy, goofy, campy, uh, still horror-y because they're killer clowns. The acting is terrible. It's it's '80s. It's Right. Definition 80s for me, and and it just sque- squeaks out not making the number one of this list. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's a movie that I've had several people, you know, mutual people that we know, an old friend uh, Sal from uh, the Blue. It was one of his favorites, and for years, you know, like I've known him since junior high, and he's wanted me to watch that movie, and he has never been able to get me to watch it. I've finally matured into tolerating and watching stuff like I've watched it now and stuff like that. And, you know, I might go and watch it, but yeah, just never, I tried to stay away from it as a kid because just the the pictures terrified me. So cool choice though. I I would have never known because it's not something we've ever spoken about, but cool choice. So I'm hoping, hoping there's a little bit of synergy with number one for both of us, but we'll see, right? So number one for me is game changer for horror in so many ways. This is a movie that I bonded with my dad, horror movie wise, where when it was hot, we went to store after store when VHSs and DVDs were not as easily attainable and they were very expensive to find these movies to own because he absolutely loved them too. Um, we do have several sequels, sequels in this um, series and it has spawned TV shows, video games, comic books. And there was always the hopeful dream that we would get ultimate horror team-up movie with this character versus some of our favorite characters and this movie that you know you know what uh, uh, that 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 sounds pretty groovy to me there it is evil dead baby but for me evil dead 2 uh which one is it it's two for me because it is it is i I love for me as well my number one is evil dead 2 also yeah i love one but two is one done right you know with with a better budget better vision gets to do what he wants and it's not to knock the first movie at all you know the first movie is the reason we got to and there's so much love and appreciation for it and uh you know you and i have definitely been ash william fans for as long as we've known each other and uh, I remember us going to New York Comic Con and checking out the booth, you know, for the TV show. And just such an awesome show, um, even, with you know, after the movie. So the character just there's a legacy, you know, like people love Ash. People love the chainsaw arm. People love all the witty jokes. 
and Deadites. The, co- the, the, the cockiness and the fact that he simply cannot read the Necronomicon. <laughs> he has he coughs like you when he's trying to read it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's easy, but I want to get one thing out of the way because as we're going through the list, a movie did come into my head, and I want to just add a final, uh, you know, what do you call that? Honorable <laughs> mention. <laughs> See, it's not even well, good. What enough do you to call that? Remember it. You cheating bastard. That's what you call that. Yeah, well, hey, you inspired me. Not really. So a movie that I like from the 80s, too, that I probably eh, I might have swapped one for it if I remembered it. Um, Maniac Cop. Not super popular, but Bruce Campbell's in it. Killer Cop that uh, was, you know, potentially wrongfully murdered by other cops comes back from the dead seeking vengeance and taking the law into his own hands, but then just literally just kills anybody at that point. And it's just an awesome movie and seeing Bruce Campbell in a movie that's outside of Evil Dead was cool. Yeah. 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 Shut yeah. your mouth. Yeah. You shut your you shut that yeah. he's he's in Spider-Man yours. also. Let's forget about it. He's in Spider-Man. Yeah, that was, like, that, was right? like, that was like 2002 dude like and he's in like well, you said lines. seeing bruce campbell in another mo- film i just mentioned another but he's but, he, but he's in the whole movie he's like a main character in the movie he's not bubba hotep he's in the whole movie he's i don't the care about that we don't movie. talk about that movie well now i want to see i don't that's I don't my honorable see, mention i don't, see, I don't, I don't <laughs> 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 it's not 80s nice try though oh it is now oh yeah he probably would have did a better job well, Evil Dead old, Two old man Elvis. is Yikes. my number one, and I probably prefer Army of Darkness over Evil Dead Two, but you can't have Army of Darkness without Evil Dead Two. So you have to build the lore and the characters and get more into that comedic side in uh, Part Two as opposed to the first movie. And uh, <clears throat> just it's 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 a cabin movie, really. They're all confined to the cabin and, you know, shit happens. Getting locked in a cellar, a girl getting raped by a tree. There's, there's so many different things here for every, everyone's likes and dislikes. Everybody loves trees raping you. <laughs> I didn't say that. You did. I didn't say that. <laughs> Never said that. That's yeah, how you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you assume what you would like. I don't know. You and the shitter.com and, and, and tree rape. I don't know. It might have been consensual for all we know. I don't know. I don't speak tree. Well, you didn't see that in the documentary? There's no lore about that? You know, Daniel Bryan, well, he's no longer Daniel Bryan. He's Brian Danielson. Do you know that he said, when I eat an apple, it feels like I'm eating the semen of a tree? Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, he's fucking going to spin off this planet right now. Oh, boy. Well, that concludes it. That concludes the list. We both share our number one, Evil Dead 2. Now, let me ask you, since we're throwing the asterisks on this episode anyway, what would have been your number one if we included the slashers? Child's Play 2. Child's Play 2. Okay. Mine would have been Nightmare on the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Which yeah. I think many people would have been able to predict. That's one of my. That's my favorite. That is my favorite horror movie of all time, regardless of year, decade, of or anything. Yep. And, and that's funny it. enough, as much as a Jason fan that I am, Child's Play Two is. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the top of all my list too. To my top three, right. so. Right. Coolio, good stuff. Long, long awaited for this, but again, stay tuned. We're gonna have plenty more. <clears throat> To come. I'm, I'm. I have to rain on your parade real quick. I did. I did a quick Google search. Child's oh. Play Two came out in 1990. Oh, so then I mean I didn't write the list now anyway. So then it wouldn't be. Um, then it'd be Friday Thirteenth Six. I think it's. I think Six came out. No, no, Six is nineties. Are we Fuck. gonna keep naming nineties or eighties movies? Jason Four. Jason Four. Uh, that I don't did come out in the 80s. Which one? Six? Four did come out Four in the did. 80s. So, no, did, six. so did six. Did it? Yeah. 
thought six was like 90. Nope. So did seven. Which one okay. do you want? You want no, you it's go, six, baby. I just keep six going through them. So did eight. Eight came out in the eighties. Also, they just yeah. fucking rattle them off every year. You want a new Jason? Here's a new one. You want another one? Here's another one. You want another? We're gonna go to fucking Vancouver. Here's another Jason movie. You want Jason go to Manhattan? Here's another Jason movie. And your fucking boyfriend didn't do that. Not every single year. No. At least my you Jason you want to have this conversation? You have eight. You have eight Friday the Thirteenth movies before nineteen eighty nine. Yes, they only made seven Freddy movies. They knew that they knew to stop. Let's see when Nightmare uh, on Elm Street Part Seven came out. It is nineteen ninety four. Then nineteen ninety one was Nightmare on Elm Street Six. Five was 89. So you had one one through five in the 80s for Nightmare on Elm Street. You had eight Friday the 13th. Seven. Because he's not in the first one. Um, End this show. (laughs) End this fucking thing. That concludes our broadcast day. Click. (laughs) And then with a fucking cough. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. Dead 2. Dead by Dawn.